What up, everybody? We are back. Another episode of the Victor Cruz Show brought to you by Uninterrupted. Listen, if you're listening to us and you love us and you like what you hear and you're into it, feel free to subscribe and leave a five. I think we're worth five stars. Pete, what at do you least. Think? At least five stars. So they invent six stars. One thousand percent. So until they invent six stars, go on Apple Podcasts and give us a five star rating. We're also on Spotify as well as Google Play. PR, how you feeling, baby? Talk a lot of places. We're in a lot of places. I always say this. I forget people actually listen to the show. Yeah. And it's not till I'm like in the street and someone's like, When's the next podcast show? How's Vic? Or that was funny, what Vic said, or whatever the case is. Like it always cracks me up, and it isn't like when I read this, and it's like, oh shit, we are on Apple Podcasts. Oh no, this is this is it's like a real show. This is for real. I, I don't even listen to. I mean, I don't know if that's good or bad to say on air. I don't like to listen to myself, dog. I don't like to hear my voice after I do the show. It's like, oh, I know what I said. I'm, I was there for it. I don't want to re-listen to it. Yeah, you know I, I don't like to hear my voice. I think it sounds a little like cringe when I hear my. But voice. We should probably do that just in case we want to self-analyze each other and I'll work on further. things. And Maybe there be- we want to get better at this. Maybe there is we? no show. We've never heard it. There might <laughs> even be a show. The show may go nowhere. That sounds like a Jim Carrey quote. <laughs> going left field on us, yo. If you have any questions, ideas, and all that good stuff, why we want to show, or just want to holler at us and talk. And talk about whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hit us up with your thoughts, ideas on Instagram and Twitter at Team Vic is my handle. PR underscore RWTW is my man PR's handle. And that could be love. That could be hate. Send some hate. We too. take it all. We take, take it all. all I laugh. Take we got. All. You know, we don't have thick. We ha- we do have thick. We don't skin take on ourselves this side. too seriously. You know what I'm saying? At all. We do have thick skin on this side. At all. I think we got to start the show off with the amazing, amazing show that happened last night. Well, amazing for some, not so amazing for others. The 2018 60th Annual Grammy Awards. Pete, did you like the show? Did you tune in? See, you wish that's where we were going to pick up the Grammy story. That's not, okay. where, that's not where we're going to pick up the Grammy Talk story. Talk to me. We're going to pick up the Grammy story, you getting ready for the Grammys. Oh, okay. That's, okay. that's where we're going? Yeah, that's where we're going to pick it up. So, a little context, people. Vic hits me up, <laughs> which isn't nothing out of the ordinary. He goes, hey, I'm getting ready for the Grammys. I got this space. It's going to be cool. A little, little music. Nice little adult you know, refreshment. It's going to be a good time. Just a good yeah, old-fashioned come, come adult Come rock fun. with me as That's I get it. ready for the Grammys. Exactly. I'm like, I got you. It's my brother. Like, nothing out of the ordinary. When I tell you I show up to this place, <laughs> which, by the way, where was the place? Uh, it's a brand called Isaia. It's on uh, on Madison Avenue. Yes. Uh, right in the heart of the fashion area over there on Madison Avenue. Well, first of all, not just a brand. Like, I walked in. You know, it's Sunday. I'm wearing, like, regular denim, a little hoodie, like some J's or something. The man looked at me like, deliveries in the back, Raul. We don't do deliveries to the front on Sunday, right? That was one. Oh, man. And I go upstairs. I hear the music. I go upstairs. Vic has a drink in one hand. Someone's like, like, I don't know, putting like foundation on his face. The other person's helping him with the jacket. The other person's like tucking his shirt in. The other person. But you know who took the cake. Who's that? I've, I, listen, the man. Mister? I've seen a lot of shit in my lifetime. <laughs> I've never seen this. Vic had a guy misting. If you know what mist is, explain to people what the mist is. So like. the mist, so we were, let, let me give the people what we were trying to create. Please. Uh, we Please were trying do. to create an ambiance, if you will, an energy okay. of a dark, stark mood. I'm in a tuxedo, okay. black and white, different colors. We're trying to just play with all these different emotions. Create a vibe. Create a vibe, okay. exactly. So there's a scene, I actually posted on Instagram on my story, there's a scene, a scene, like I'm like it's a movie scene, mm-hmm. but there's a portion of the photo shoot where I'm sitting on the couch, and he's literally behind the couch, 
spraying the mist into the air to create this cloud of smoke, but he's literally just tucked behind the couch. No, he's laid scan. on his back. Yep, like, laying on his back, laying down. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, I'm watching from the door, <laughs> and I just see, like, this mist Yo, you're behind. Fa- you were fascinated, No, I, I was just like, how's this happen? It was like special effects happening in front of my face. Like, you're sitting there on the couch, <laughs> like, I see you, but there's, like, this, like, mysterious mist <laughs> going on behind you. And I'm like, hold up a second. During one of the breaks, I go back there. There is a man that looks like... How tall was he, Pete? Like, he was measured specifically for the couch <laughs> you were sitting on. Right? So if the couch was 5'6", he was 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> he was on his back just misting. Like, like just misting. Like, I, you know what? Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, the man was misting. And Vic was there in all his glory acting like it was just a regular Sunday, man. Because it was regular. <laughs> it was a regular Sunday for me, Pete. Nah, it was dope. Shout out to all the people at East Yeah, yes. Shout out yes. uh, the, the videographer, Mr. Muhammad, on IG. Shout out to Jared Ryder. Very dope. Photographer. He's unbelievable. Um, it was a dope time, man. I got to present. Shout out to Rachel. Shout out to, obviously, yep. Rachel, my of course. fashion fairy godmother, Rachel yep. Johnson. Yep. We love you. Um, Vesna too, who also works on her team, was there hooking it up. Um, it, it was such a dope moment for me to be at the Grammys, to be Puerto Rican, to be representing the Puerto Rican culture on that stage, and to be announcing or presenting the performance for Despacito was just the icing on the cake. So, so before you go there, right? Because I, like most humans on Earth, you know, sat on their couch, maybe mm-hmm. ordered a little delivery. You know what I'm saying? Maybe had you maybe you had a Grammy viewing party or whatnot. We watched just what we see on TV. Talk me through the process because it was interesting for me because I was with you getting ready for it all the way up until the moment where you jumped in the truck and headed to the Grammys. So the Grammys were obviously at Madison Square Garden. Yep. What's that like? Where do you pull up? When you pull up, are there people outside? Like, talk me through that. Like, okay, we've never so, seen that. So we left. Obviously, we got to the uh, Isaia, the brand, um, around 2.30, 2.45. Yep. And we just spent some time there, hung out, yep. whatever, whatever, got dressed. I jumped in the car to head to the venue. We pulled up on, they got all these, I mean, it's like top flight security out there. Now, what Cops. time they say you got to be there? Because the Grammys start being televised at 7.30. 7.30. So they wanted me there between 6.30 and 7. Okay. They pretty much wanted me to be the last of arrivals so okay. you can go in and got go you. right in. So I get there. It's like cops everywhere. They got the whole thing blocked Security's off. Security's crazy. They're giving you, you know, credentials. The driver has to have all these credentials and all that fun stuff. Okay. So he gets on the block. We finally get out. It's a swarm of people across the street that are just watching from afar just to, just to get a glimpse gotcha. of anything. And this is on 33rd Street, 31st this Street, 7th, 8th? This is on like 7th, 31st, I believe. Okay. You make that right on 31st okay. yep. and you're right there. Okay. And, um, and everybody's out there and they're yelling. They're yelling your name. You come in and then there's just a long strip of media, right? You come in. They check you in. You got your, all your credentials, your tickets and whatnot. You walk in. It's a whole row of just media, CBS extra, you know, BET, uh, everyone's there. Okay. And you do your media obligation. You take your selfies. You dap up and hang out with people that you see on the carpet as you see them come in and whatnot. And then um, and then you go to the photo booth, the photo area. Go around, take your photos. Is that like traditional whatnot. step and repeat? Traditional and step and repeat. I, obviously, it's like super fly. Like got the, you know, the Grammy joint set up. The red carpet is very dope in there. Okay. Um, So you go in, take your photos, man, and then you go inside and then, they tell you about your, you know, if you're a presenter, 
They tell you, you know, what time they're going to take you back to present. Do you want to go look over your script and how you're going to say it? I go back and link up with Sarah Silverman backstage. Now, now that you know you were presenting with her before you got there? I knew I was presenting okay. with her before. She's hilarious, yes. by the She's way. She's hysterical. She's great. Hysterical. And uh, we go back there and we go over our lines and we're cool. Go back to our seats and whatnot. And then when it's time to, to present, we're in the back. We go over our lines one more time. And right before we're about to go out there, she goes, yo, we should... We should uh we should hold hands and skip to the microphone. <laughs> and I go and, and I'm it, sorry it's loud in here. I could have sworn like, you just huh? said hold hands and, I, and skip. And, and I'm shaking my head no, but my mouth is saying sure. We should do that. <laughs> like this is a bad idea. But this is very bad. <laughs> um, but if anybody knows Sarah Silverman and if you know her comedy, she was also nominated for a Grammy um, for a comedic album of some sort. Oh, I sort. did not know that. Okay. Yeah, the one Dave Chappelle won. Oh yes, yes. She was also nominated, which is. A feat within itself. Did you see it was during the show? I guess one of the comedians that was nominated for that comedic album, he came up and spoke. Uh-huh. And he said, uh, they introduced him. And literally, as I'm thinking to myself, like, who's this guy? The guy says on the mic, don't worry, I don't know who I am either. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's I'm the guy that's going to lose to Dave Chappelle in the comedic album. Every single and time. sure enough, yeah, Chappelle yeah. won it. 100%. You know? so, so they take you guys to the back. Are you, I mean, listen, you've won a Super Bowl, you've played in the Pro Bowl, you've played on television. Who knows how many times? A hundred times at this point, maybe more. Um, are you nervous? Absolutely, you're nervous. I mean, there's thousands of people in the venue that you're in, not to mention the other couple million at the crib that are watching of you. Course. Of course. So that's my first thing. When she was like, "Let's go out there and skip," I'm like, "Hey, hey Sarah, there's millions of people. I'm just trying not to fall. I'm just trying not to skip right. and fall. <laughs> right, Can we right, work on right. that? Right." But she and, was like, "You'll be fine." And then so. Let's talk about who you were interviewing, who you were um, introducing, right? Mm-hmm. Luis Fonsi mm-hmm. and Daddy Yankee for yeah. Despacito. Was there a heightened sense of like, you know, I don't know if it honors the word or, or, or proud, being proud that you were introducing them? Absolutely. I mean, for me to be up there and to be, obviously my mom is Puerto Rican and I got to mention that and say hi, Very mom. dope. And I said hi to my mom during the, uh, during the, the speech, the presentation. And um, it was just a dope moment, man, just for myself, for everything that I've been through in my career and in my life. And then to be able to do that, um, it was just the icing on the cake for everything I've done thus far in my career, man. And it was I was happy I didn't fall during the skip. <sighs> I'm happy that was a success. And the biggest thing for me, P, I just wanted to get the words out cl- clearly. Which you did. And precisely, and just have a little. The timing you know, was really good. Your comedic timing was, was great. Waiting for yes. the clap. You yes. know, everybody was yeah. cheering. You wait, you pause. Yes. You do the little nod, like, yeah, y'all can clap for that. That's dope. <laughs> I could do that. Let, um, so it was fun, so man. Can you tell the people, you know, I had a very specific request when you were leaving from getting dressed. Is this Cha Cha Matcha? No, no, no. Specifically no, no, no. requested. Jesus Christ. This Cha Cha Matcha thing has to stop. This is, is this tea not, for me. I'm a non-Grammy presenter. I just have hot water, honey, and lemon. I just tell the people what you requested. I I requested tea, maybe roughly 37 minutes ago. What kind of tea? Oh, just a chamomile tea. And you're just fancy. Yo, before you were at the Grammys, before you at the Grammys, you weren't you weren't requesting tea. Let me guess. I've changed, right? (laughs) I don't even know who you are anymore. (laughs) But I had one very specific. I don't ask for a lot. I had one very specific request from you. Okay. Right here we go. I said when you go to the Grammys. Survey the room. Okay. Feel the moment out. <laughs> and if you see the opportunity to do what? 
He wanted me to shout out the podcast <laughs> while I was on stage with Sarah Silver. I couldn't find the end. So you're saying there just wasn't a lane for me. It. it just wasn't a pocket for me. You know okay. what I'm gonna say? A, a, you know, a son of a Latin, a Puerto Rican mother who, who, by the way, co-sponsors a podcast. Tune into the Victor Crucial. <laughs> Tune into the Victor Crucial. I said it in Spanish. El Victor Crucial. So what you're saying is you didn't see an opportunity. You just it just didn't feel right. It didn't dawn on me, and then okay. I started to jump back out there, but I was fearful of being tackled by security <laughs> and never being let back into Madison Square Garden again. So I just made sure I took all those things into context. All fair I, point. Listen, I told I you to feel the room. You didn't. You weren't feeling it, and that's okay. I'm, I can live with it. Did that. anybody surprise you at the Grammys yesterday? Winners, losers. Obviously, Jay Z not winning a single yes, Grammy. Yeah. So that, let's get into that's, that. That's got. Let's be... get into that. I think the most surprising thing, for a number of reasons, was. Um, Jay being shut out at the Grammys. I, I would like to get your opinion first um, on him not winning a Grammy. Well, I was a little taken aback, mainly because he's all over the Grammy promotion the, yeah, leading agree. up to the Grammys, agree. right? He, yep. he, he's an icon. He was receiving the Clive Davis Icon Award for his philanthropic and musical efforts and whatnot. So, and obviously he's front row at the Grammys, as per usual, he's always front row at the Grammys. Yep. And... My thing is, okay, you you hyped him up, you got him on this pedestal, you did all of this for him leading up to the Grammys, and then he doesn't win a single award? I, I just don't understand. And, and it's not like his album was a slouch or it wasn't good. People loved the album. People understood the... I think that was the biggest thing. People not only loved the album, but they understood the album. They understood where Jay was coming from. They understood that this was a an adult album. They understood that this was something that only real lovers of music that understood it can talk about and for him not to win a single i mean he has he was nominated eight times for eight different awards yeah. Yeah. and didn't win one i mean come on man like this i don't understand you know what's going wrong up there what they're thinking not to take anything away from any of the other winners obviously they're all deserving but you're telling me jay couldn't get one one grammy son so let me ask you this i had uh, uh literally three people over the crib to watch the Grammys. Okay. Um, as I told you via text, I changed the channel as soon as they announced, you know, he's a Super Bowl champion with the New York, changed the channel, was catching commercials. <laughs> you know, I just <laughs> I changed it back on after when oh, Luis Fonsi God. and Daddy Yankee came on, I turned it back on to gotcha. the Grammys. Um, <laughs> you, you know, amongst the three of us, or the four of us, it was my cousin and two friends, um, there was this anticipation, right? Like, okay, oh, here's, here's, here's Jay. He didn't get it. And you're like, okay, you know what? Kendrick's album was good, so I get that. You know, cool. Yeah, there was no slight, to, no slight to him. Oh, Bruno Mars. Okay, I get it. That song was everywhere. You know, whatever. But it's just like there's six other... like Yeah, and I and that's my point. I think, you at least at home, you got to a point where you're like, well, he'll, he'll get it. He'll definitely get one of them. He'll get maybe this one, or maybe this one. And then it was almost like like a disappointment, right? So I, So... I say all that to ask you, did you feel that in the building? Like it was kind of like, oh, like Jay's didn't, wow. A little bit, mainly okay. because they kept showing them, right? They kept showing them, and I'm backstage watching some of it, and I see like the TV copy, and it's a little weird because they kept panning to him. As mm -hmm. as the other guy gets announced that he won, they're panning to right, Jay, of course. And, and they're showing his reaction. Of course. Thank you, Paul. That's your tea. Kind of tea that has a fortune, so. There we go. I appreciate it. My teachers got here, P. I don't know if you're a way care. bigger mug than mine, too, yeah, by the I mean, way. Come on. I presented the Grammy. <laughs> um, you sent the rider over today? <laughs> sent the rider over? I told Paul I got some adjustments for the rider. <laughs> hey, um, so, so let me ask you this, David. Yes or no? Do you think he was robbed? Do you think Jay Z was robbed? Yes, absolutely. I think he, there was a period of time where he, I guess, boycotted the Grammys and wasn't 
you know, wasn't on board with the things that they were doing and the decisions that they were making and just the overall process of how they were choosing these awards because you got guys that should be clear-cut winners, at least in certain categories, and they're not getting anything. And Jay expressed his displeasures with that and boycotted the Grammys from, I think, like 2002 to, like, 2007, 2006. If you could go back, what... I don't know if I want to ground it in, like, what category or what award should Jay have won? But in your opinion, if you were given an award, would it have been album of the year, song of the year? Like, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Pick one. Like, just it. pick one. I get it. You got, obviously, what's, I mean, what songs were nominated off 444? Um, Family Feud. Family Feud. Him and Beyonce. Kendrick on, and man. Rihanna beat him and Beyonce. Him and Beyonce for Loyalty, right? Yes. Loyalty beat Loyalty's Family a great Feud. song. Yeah, and again, it's Loyalty's no knock to him, but out of eight, you thought he'd get you one. Get one rap, I don't know, one of them stupid one, rap, song, sing, collaboration. <laughs> you know all these Grammys. First of all, Ram- Grammys have a record of the year and a song of the year. Yeah, it's weird. It's the same it's thing. Well, What's the difference? It's funny. They had, he was up for rap song of the year. And, and, and Family then, Feud? Yeah, I believe okay. so. And then he was up for album of the year, not just rap, just album of the year. So when he lost rap, when he lost rap. This T is phenomenal. T's impressive. Yeah. T's impressive. Go ahead. Um, when he lost to Kendrick in Rap Album of the Year, Richie Cruz, who's a friend of ours, right, friend of, of the show. Of course. You know, he was pulling for Jay every time he was nominated. And then when the Album of the Year came up, I said, well, he can't win Album of the Year because he didn't win Rap Album of the Year. Yeah. So if Kendrick beat him in Rap Album of the Year, he can't win. Can't get the album regular of the, album right. of the year. No way. Right. So, you know, I was talking to a couple of friends that I won't mention, you know, um, and they said their issue with the Grammys was that it was so subjective. Yep. I am sitting here as a huge music fan. You were there. You know, your friends with a bunch of musicians. You know, Future the Prince, Drake's manager was just in my office, of right? Oh, like this is all like friends of the Family, program, yeah, right? Of course. And I think everyone was just as confused when I asked this question. It's like, what's the criteria? And people were like, Yeah, it's just subjective. Someone's feeling it's it. Just they a committee, like, it's just, right? It's yeah, a committee yeah. that comes together. And they just gauge. By the way, the people on the committee are all probably over sixty-five years old. <laughs> They're not in tune. I'm sure they've invigorated some youth in there by now, but you got to get people in there that understand the culture, especially in the hip hop world, where you you telling me SZA does it get one award? And, and love it or not, the proof's in the pudding. The fact that Jay, with the body of work he put together with four four four, was nominated for eight Grammys. And and that fact alone had all of us feel like shit. They finally got it right. Exactly. And the fact that he didn't win one award lets you know something's not right. And uh, what what song was bigger than Bodak Yellow th- this past year? Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. I think she like, got zero wins too. I like, think artists like like artists that won would tell you that that was the biggest song of the year. Here's what someone brought up to me though that I was like, oh okay, Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City got zero wins when it came out, and that, that Grammy uh, season they didn't win a thing. Well, it's almost like they make up for it on the back end. Like exactly. They but it shouldn't up. be that no, way. Of course not. Of Good course Kid, not. Mad City is a classic album. Absolutely. From, and from, from cover to cover. The first time you yep. heard it, you're like, yep. oh my God. This Even is the a skits, cl- everything. It's a cl- it just flows so perfectly. It's sonically beautiful. Like the whole thing. And not only that, you take a walk with him through his life, man. Like this is his life. Well, that's how I felt about 444. Same thing. Right? And, so, and that was Jay's life now. Like as yeah. an adult now, the things that he's facing... Like he really brought us on that journey, man. He was honest. Come on, man. You can't you can't not give him one Grammy on the most honest piece of work that he's ever done. And not only is it honest, but it's good. It's it's cultural. It's groundbreaking. You know, it shifted the culture. I, I look. I agree. And, and you and I off the show, you know, have text wars 
about, you know, Jay and Drake and who's the greatest. Like, no one can say with a straight face that that wasn't a great album, whether whether it may not have enough radio hits for you or mm-hmm. it may not have enough for you to put the bar, like, whatever. But no one can deny it's a great album. Exactly. And for that man to come up 0 for 8. If he was nominated for one Grammy and didn't win it, okay, I can live with that. 0 for 8? That's insane. And the way they showed him every commercial break, the way they showed the baby, the way they showed Beyonce, the way they showed, you know, we can walk out of the studio right now and walk down as a bus shelter with, you know, Jay. Plastic. So that just felt a little wrong to me. Um, You know, but we'll see. So a little birdie told me that his displeasures or... The committee's displeasures with him were that because he doesn't he he didn't want to perform. They asked him if he wanted to perform at the Grammys, and I think they're upset. Like, well, why don't you want to perform? Like, this is the Grammys. This is the biggest stage. Right. This is the Super Bowl. Yep. Why don't you want to come out and perform for us? Like, what's up? So speaking of performances, you obviously introduced uh, Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee, who probably by by today have 1,500 billion views on YouTube, Easily. right? Easily. Um, what was your favorite performance being in the building uh, last night? My favorite performance was uh, was the opening act. Kendrick. K- Kendrick Lamar. It's great. Man. It's great. Everything about it, great. Everything about it. There was a message there. I'm getting goosebumps right now because I remember the feeling as I'm watching this. I'm like, yo, he's bodying this. Well, the minute you saw the flag, it felt like it was bigger than oh, it was, a performance. It was different. Yeah. Like, you knew it was different. Yeah. And when Dave Chappelle came out and said his little that piece. That was hilarious. Because I thought it was over. Yes. I'm looking like, oh, Dave's yes. about to do a little skit. Then he says, rumble, young man, yeah, rumble. rumble young and turned man, around, rumble. the joint came back. I was yeah. like, oh, and this is crazy. The and they got yeah. the red on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Bruh. Yeah, yeah. It felt, that was it felt, crazy, man. It felt man. like it's one of those. That was iconic. Yeah, 20 years was, from now, they'll play Diddy that. That's Diddy Sting. Yeah. Like, that's that kind of vibe. You know what I'm saying? Agree. Agree. For did, sure. Did you see probably my favorite part? Um, of the whole Grammys, did you see when they read the book? Was that shown in the arena when they read the the book on Trump? Yes, and Hillary, and Hillary, Hillary and, and yeah, Khaled, absolutely. And Khaled was like another one, <laughs> and, and your man who was hosting was like, "This isn't gonna work." He's like, "Everything I do, everything I do." I do. <laughs> Yo, they did that. He was uh, Cardi B was amazing in that. She's like, "Oh my god, he really lives like he really this." Be Why saying am I reading that? This? You know, she thought she really yeah. be saying that. Hillary was great. I love um, Cardi B, yeah. So let me ask you, so last thing on the Grammys, anything behind the scenes um, that you could tell us, whether it's, you know, red carpet getting there, whether it's sitting in the crowd, whether it's literally behind the scenes, like when you were backstage, anything cool that, you know, you can give us a peek into? Uh, I mean, nothing crazy, nothing that, you know, nothing to report really. But was there anything than... cool for you, like a cool moment for you? It doesn't have to be anything like sensationalized. A cool moment for me... Um, was when I came off the stage and I saw, who did I see? Uh, the host, I forget his name. He was hosting the Grammys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, James? James Corbin? Cor- we should know Corbin. this. Corbin, Corbin. James Corbin. I'm going to go with that. We'll Google it. Corbin. Somebody, Alex, can you Google that for us? Alex, who hosted the James show? Corbin. James Corbin. James Corbin? James Corbin. Corbin. We are correct, yes. I think she's lying to us. He's great. I think she wants um, us to look bad on yeah, this. She's, she's like, lying. whatever, just James Cardoza. It could be whatever. <laughs> Um, so we, I come off the stage and he's talking to Sarah Silverman. I'm like, this guy doesn't know me, but I'm just going to chill right here till Sarah's done. And he turned to me and was like, Victor Cruz, man, you really killed it today. That was really uh, that's nice. dope. And I was like, oh, James Corbin, like, that's knows dope. what's up? Like, that's, that's crazy. Well, it's always dope to see a professional appreciate, you know, the work you're doing, you know, in that craft, even mm-hmm. if it not, may not be your primary craft. So that's, that's super dope. Do you get that same feeling when you and Michael Jordan in the room, two professionals that have been at the top of their game? Well, honestly, there really is no difference. I don't, think I'm, I don't think I'm better than him. But um, 
I think probably recognition is is, wow. is very equal. Recognition. Okay. Uh, yeah, recognition is very equal. Right. I'm going to tell you, I've been in some big rooms. It's not a room that I felt like I wasn't the biggest person in the room. <laughs> we got to move on. <laughs> we got to move hey, on, man. Speaking of big rooms, it's a, it's a big game coming up. Is there? Big game coming up. Ah, the Super Bowl, I suppose. Super Bowl. We're going we're, we're gonna to go right into this yep. because by this, t- by this point... The game's been overanalyzed 37 times. They know what the Patriots ate on the plane on the way to Minnesota, all that. Let me ask you, let's let's start off, you know, for the Pats to be crowned Super Bowl champs, they must do what? Be themselves. Uh, you know, Tom Brady has to be consistent, has to just be able to continue to pick apart defenses and, and drive the ball down the field and continue to be himself even if they go down. I mean, we've seen this team – go down in the score and still fight and scratch and the defense fight and scratch and come up with those big plays that they need to win games in every stage, man, whether it's regular season, whether it's the the, the playoffs, in every stage of this all year long, you've seen New England play the style of football that makes you say, man, these guys are nearly perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not dropping anything. There's an attention to detail. They're catching the football. These are all things that, Coaches wish they can continue to instill in these players, and Bill Belichick has found a way to instill this level of discipline in these players. And I think you saw the same level of it uh, with Jacksonville. I think Coach Coughlin and that entire organization has that team headed in the right direction, and you saw that this year. So let me flip that coin. Same question. Mm -hmm. For the Eagles to be crowned Super Bowl champs, they have to do what? They have to be able to defensively – well, twofold. So – Nick Foles has to be the Nick Foles we saw in the, in the NFC Championship game mm-hmm. where he was aggressive, he was throwing the ball downfield, he was finding guys in their open targets. He was threw a, threw a beautiful backline touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey where only he could catch it high. He's a big target, um, and, and that was a tremendous, tremendous play. If that Nick Foles comes to play in the Super Bowl, uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. They got a shot. But that front seven, that front four of the Philadelphia Eagles on defense, they got to get to Tom Brady. They got to get, maybe they don't sack him all the time, but they have to make him uncomfortable. You have to make him think about something. You got to make he him at least. can't just be out there thinking it's, you know, pitch you, and catch. You want him, you want him to be, it, it's funny, there's a term in football or a term that I've, that I've heard my coaches use. You want the quarterback to be shoulder to, I mean, chin to shoulder. He's looking here. Happy feet, right? Looking you know, at the feet. He's like, looking down. He's yep. looking around him. He's not looking Because if he's up. doing that, he can't be looking downfield. Because if he's looking down, he can't look downfield and see right. what's open and be comfortable and read the defense. He's always peeking, looking left and right, like, who's coming to sack me now? You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's what they have to do. Philly has to get to Tom Brady as much as possible and disrupt him and make it difficult for him to be comfortable in the pocket. I, I agree. I was hearing someone say, I uh, can't remember who it was, they said, if this is status quo, if everyone plays in their comfort level, Patriots win this game. Mm-hmm. If Philly can make it into a slugfest. Got to disrupt it. Right? A little uncomfortable, like, mm-hmm. you know, just grind. Yeah. They have a shot. Uh, that said, put you on the, on the hot seat. Super Bowl predictions. Oh, Who's going to win? And give me a score. Is it gonna be, or at least is it, it going to be a close game? Is it going to be a blowout? I think it's going to be close. I can give you a score. Close I'm going to go Patriots over the Eagles. Patriots over the Eagles. And I got a Patriots over the Eagles, and they're going to win 24-20. to 24-20. to 20. I'm writing that down. 24-20. Yeah, I feel good about that. Let's go back. Shout out to everybody at NFL Network. I chose this exact Super Bowl weeks ago. Really? I chose it. You chose the, you chose New the England, Eagles. Eagles. I chose the two competitors that were going to play in this game. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like New I England mean, was fairly easy. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, they are every year. Exactly. Decent, decently safe bet. Eagles. What was it about the Eagles that a couple of weeks ago? Your 
Carson Wentz, just the way he was playing at the time. You can tell that that team, like he's he's a really, really good player. I won't call him a great player just yet, Not obviously, yet, right. but over time he has to have that consistency. But he's a really, really good quarterback. And it was tough to see him, you know, tear his ACL this year, man, at a, the most inopportune time. It, it, that, that's it's a tough injury for anybody to get over it, let alone the season he the type of season he was having and what was destined for him, which obviously was a, it was a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just believed in Carson Wentz. I believed in that defense as well. I mean, those guys get after the quarterback, Chris Long, um, you know, all those guys on that front four just just beast Fletcher Cox. Those guys get after the quarterback, man. So I believed in that. Anytime that you have a front four, front seven that can get after the quarterback and you don't have to blitz, you are able to do a lot of things in a dynamic way on the back end that confuses quarterbacks, i.e. 2007 Giants, i.e. 2011 Giants, too, mm-hmm. that won the Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Um, so those thing, those two things combined, that's what's going to give Philly the edge in this one. So speaking of quarterbacks. Wait, 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 wait. You're not going to just get out of this and not, have a, and not pick a score and pick a team that's going to win, too. You, s- you said Patriots 24-20? Correct. Over the Eagles. Okay. I'm going to go Patriots 25-21. Ooh. Yeah, just 25. one point above you on everything. <laughs> just going to go with that. That's what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of talk going into the Super Bowl, fairly or maybe unfairly, about one Tom Brady. Okay. Um, in your opinion, and I had this conversation with Maverick, um, I'll I'll tell you what his point of view on it was after I get yours. If Tom Brady wins this Super Bowl, is he the greatest quarterback ever to play the game? He already is. He already is the best quarterback to ever lace up a pair of cleats and play the quarterback position. I have no problem saying that with the straightest face. It's it's funny you say that because Maverick said the same thing. Maverick Carter, uh, from inter- uninterrupted and obviously friend and family. Um, he said he honestly doesn't think. It, any of this matters this weekend. He said he could, he could throw four picks and lose the game. He's playing doesn't with house money at doesn't this point. doesn't affect his legacy. He's playing with house money at this point. Wow. You said he's the greatest quarterback ever to play the game. Do you think he's played – do you think Tom Brady has played himself into the conversation of greatest football players to ever play the game? Yep, absolutely, especially because of the quarterback position, right? If anybody thinks of the quarterback position, it's the most cerebral position on the football field. There's a saying that when you get close, the closer you get from a position standpoint, right? When we line up, you got receivers on the outside on the numbers. You know that's typically where we lined up. If you're a slot receiver, you're gonna couple- stop. You're gonna stop talking like you're the only wide receiver on this show. Don't okay. do this, please. I, I know I'm very clear on where when, we line up. What year was the last time you played the position listen, of wide receiver? Listen, year doesn't matter. Slot, <laughs> slot. Okay, you wore eighty. I wore eighty. Oh God, I knew that was coming. There's like some small, very faint, pixelated photo of you wearing a football jersey. You said pixelated, very pixelated, wearing wearing the number eighty, and you kind of squint at it for five minutes. You're like, P, is that you? Yeah. How big are those shoulder pads on that? Oh my God. If y'all can see this table, it's the width of this table, and he just threw it on over his helmet. B, it's hysterical. I'm sorry, guy. You were saying hysterical. You were saying. Tom, you said when you're lined up, wideouts. So when you think about the position of quarterback, right, it's the most cerebral position on the field because you got when you line up, you know, the receivers are outside. Then you come in, you might have your slot receiver tight end. Then you have the offensive line. And then you have the quarterback, which is right in the middle of all of that. Not only does he have to know what he has to do and the reads he has to make, whether it be from a defensive standpoint or changing a run to a different run or a path, these are all things that he has to 
think about while he's playing the game and it's all happening so fast and you're making midstream adjustments and you're getting your team in order and you're a captain and you have to lead and there's so many moving parts to being a quarterback in the NFL for you to do it that well for so long at the highest level with an array of teammates. It's not like he's had the same, you know, the same team every year. There's different guys that come in and do different roles and do and do different things. These are all things that go into my account when I say he's the best quarterback of all time, arguably the best football player wow. of all time because he's in these he's in the argument because of how cerebral the position is, the level of success that he's had at that position and just the amount of intelligence and confidence he has when you see him play i mean the guy never wa- never wavers never mm-hmm. falters always has the, the i don't know if you saw this but there's a uh a, a, i forget the name of the documentary but the, i think it's tom versus time yes tom you see that tom. i haven't seen it yet but um gotham is obviously a friend of ours who did your documentary he's he did doing, my documentary yeah. as well shout out to gotham chopra yeah. he's amazing 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 uh director of documentaries and an and array of other film works that yep. he has. Um, but that documentary, I watched like the first 15 minutes of it, and it's it's Tom Brady unlike we've ever seen him before. Really? They were talking about how he takes notes. I mean, the kid, the guy's been playing how many years now? 12 years, something like that? Yeah, something it's crazy? ridiculous. He, he still takes a note of everything that Bill Belichick says in those meetings, every single thing, whether he's addressing the team whether he's addressing the offense, whether he's just in the room talking. Wow. He is taking a note. He has notebooks piled up to the ceiling of every year and all the notebooks of notes that he's ran through. So he can go back and say, oh, oh, Ken Wisenhunt's the coach over here? Okay, I played against him when he was in Detroit. Let me go grab that book wow. and go through that. And what were my notes? He has all of this. Wow. You know what I'm saying? From years of preparation and all these things, I mean, that level of intelligence and that level of attention to detail as a quarterback is unparalleled. So, so let me ask you this, right? I mean, you've obviously, you've played against Tom, right? And and, and uh, we uh, be, be, beat him. You beat, yeah, let's yeah, be specific. Yeah, you yeah, beat Tom Brady, yeah, let's be clear. right? Um, you know, you you <laughs> have been a peer of his, right, as, a, as an NFL football player um, and seen his greatness up close um, for many years. A friend of the show and family, right? LeBron, right? Your relationship with him, you've been close to him and have seen him, you know. What is it about these guys, like Tom and LeBron, that even amongst the most elite athletes, they're head and shoulders above them? Like, what? what is it? Because as I hear you say something like, he's taking notes, mm-hmm. I'm like, most guys that have been in the league as long as he has are probably sleeping in meetings. Exactly. Right? Or we talk about LeBron doing three a days going into his thirteenth season. Yep. What is it about those two guys specifically? Anything you can share from knowing them personally or having spent time around them that just makes them just I mean almost larger than yeah, life. It's, it's yeah, literally yeah. like like the, the cream of the crop. Like Absolutely. I think it's it's two things, right? It's in it's in a God given ability that was given to them at birth, right? That's obviously part of it. But obviously, everyone, you know, how many guys have you met, Pete, playing in a park, on street ball, even in your professional time, in, you know, in, in Puerto Rico? Mm-hmm. Had the guys that were better than you, guys that were unbelievable players but didn't have the work ethic or didn't have mm-hmm. the support system to get them or the wherewithal or the mindset to get them from point A to point B. Yeah, people have this illusion that, like, being a professional athlete or a great athlete is, like, strictly just physical skill. Oh, not at all. You know what I'm saying? so like, much more to yeah. it than that. And I think that's where... 
LeBron and Tom Brady and guys like that separate themselves, right? LeBron is 13th year, still doing three a day, still his body's in top, tip top shape. He is putting the work in to his body and to his craft to continue to play at this high level. Tom Brady has continued to put the work in on his craft, whether it be waking up at 5 a.m. and going to the TB12 facility and doing his thing there and making sure he's all good and making sure he's getting the treatment, the nutritional value, the, the you know the guys that take care of his body. Mm-hmm. He's seeing all these people every single day. There's mm-hmm. a regimen. He's regimented. Now, I think it's that regiment attached to the God-given ability that allows him to have this longevity and this much success over such a long period of time. Well, I think you're exactly right. I mean, LeBron posted, I want to say it was like last week, he posted a video to his Instagram IG story, and it was after a loss, and it was like 11.30 at night, 11, something like that. Um, you'd think he'd be gone from the arena and whatnot, and it was him showing that he was about to get into the hot and cold baths. Okay. And he said, you know, no matter the outcome, got to go through the process and take care of your body and prepare got for the to. next day. And I was like, wow, like most people would be like pouting that they lost or already home, already at dinner whatnot, and this guy's literally... You know, doing hot and cold contrast. Yeah. You know, like um, you, you know Hawk, right? Of course, Hawk played for Cleveland. Of course, um, just retired with the Pats. Um, he was telling me a story today. Oddly enough, he didn't even know we were recording the show. He was telling me a story about how he said Tom in practice, like 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 not even like real like preseason practices, like um, um, I should say like workouts, just workouts. He said. If he saw him miss a pass in practice, he would be furious. He'd beat himself up over it, like he like it was like the biggest thing. And he said, "What the way you see Tom act on the sidelines during a game, whether it's the divisional game, Super Bowl, regular season game, rivalry game, it's the same way he is in practice, mm-hmm. right?" Um, we've talked about LeBron um, doing three a days, and we talked about how he takes care of his body. It's like. These guys are like wired a little differently. Absolutely, because right? I I have a firm belief that everyone who's a professional wants to win. Right, everyone wants. Do you want to win? Losing isn't fun. Like you want to win, but I think there are people that it's like it's more than even winning. Like those guys are like chasing ghosts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Tom's trying to be the greatest. To your earlier point, he's probably the greatest quarterback already. He's trying to be the greatest I mean, football player. I mean, ever. think about this, Pete. He's been to eight Super Bowls. This is his eighth Super Bowl. Some guys don't make it once in 15 years. He's been to eight in his however many years he's been in the league. That's crazy. Well, it's a magical number, too, because Braun's been seven. Look at that. Right? I think seven going on eight or eight. Seven in a row he's been to eight. Seven in a row he's been to eight. Wow. It's crazy. So let me ask you. I mean, it's a great segue. The one thing that drives me crazy about Super Bowl is like the coverage leading up to it. It's just like, oh my God, enough. We it's a lot. get it. It's like, a lot. We get it. They, and they're looking for any yeah, story. I remember, like, remember Cam Newton's dab the one year. Yeah, it's, it's like, too, is it's the too, dab a distraction? Yeah, it's too like, much. Like, just let's just get to the shut game. Up, and, then, and then when they went to the like the 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 two weeks between, I was like, oh my God, that's double the yeah, coverage. Yeah, they do Pro Bowl. Like, they do Pro Bowl beforehand. Oh my God. And, and that's the hardest thing. So I'm on NFL Network, as you guys know. I'm on Saturday Morning Football, which just ended. Obviously, because mm-hmm. it's the Super Bowl and it's you know it's pretty much a wrap, but it's the hardest thing. It's a three-hour show, Pete. Oh my God! And we're talking about what? Like we got to figure out what. To, obviously, you do the whole. We're talking about New England for thirty mm-hmm. minutes and different storyline, and we talk about Philly, and then that's just hour one, and then hour two. Like 
we talk about New England again, and then we talk about Philly again. So it's just like, how do you, what do you fill in there to uh, uh, just have some content over the game, over the over the the course of that week? Right. And it's hard because you know it's it's so long before that game is played, and there's so many things that happen. So so we've talked about how like media covers it. We've talked about covers the Super Bowl. We've talked about how. By the way, what's that? Media day isn't media day anymore. It's it's called. Uh, Opening night and it's at night now and they charge tickets. They charge people to come to opening night because the NFL's not making enough them, money and they want to watch the people, the the players. Perform so people are paying day. tickets to watch the players get interviewed. That's exactly what's yeah, happening. Yeah, I'm cool on that, man. I'm gonna charge. I'm gonna start charging people to come watch us do this show. One thousand percent, right here. Just, I mean, this is definitely worthy of viewing. Alex is not like Alex gave us a face like like I don't even want to be. Ain't here. nobody gonna watch y'all. <laughs> Who wants to watch y'all too? <laughs> but let me let me ask you. You know, we always see it like from the media coverage. We see it from you know fans at home and and ESPN and Bleach Report. And everyone covers it. You know, you played in a Super Bowl. Shit, you didn't play in a Super, you're a Super Bowl champion. Mm-hmm. Right? Talk about I'm it. Surprised you didn't wear your ring today. Yeah, mom's got it. <laughs> mom's holds it. Um, can you give us a little bit of insight? You know, at a very high level of what's it like or what was it like preparing for Super Bowl Forty Six that you were in? Uh, it, it's pretty nerve wracking. I always tell people the NFC Championship game was the most physically taxing game, right? Like, especially us, because we were San Fran, we played the 49ers, we played in San Fran. We played them earlier that year and lost in a close one. You know, it was like those type of games just take a lot out of you. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Because you prepare the whole week, you're you're ready, you know the game plan, you know what you want to install, you know what you want to do. And it's, it's something that takes a physical toll on your body. The Super Bowl takes an emotional and mental toll on your body because mm. it's all you're thinking about. You're on the field. You're like, wow, I don't see anything. This ain't Giant Stadium. This ain't. There's nothing normal about the Super Bowl. There's nothing normal about the Super Bowl. You right. walk out there and you're warming up and you look to your right and you see Michael Irvin. You see Troy Aikman. Right. You see Emmett Smith. You see Phil Simms. You see Lawrence Taylor. You see, you know, all Marshall Falk. Mm-hmm. You see all these guys that are just out here and you're like, yo. This They're here normal. to see me you know, rock. You know what's interesting game. about that? LeBron told me that during the NBA Finals, when you walk on the court and you see NBA Finals scrolling on the mm-hmm. screens, oh, that's the that's he's amazing. Like, oh, like this is different. Yeah, it just feels different. Like the moment feels bigger. One hundred percent. So, so preparing for Super Bowl that week and even leading up, like the game the night before, are you sleeping? Barely. Okay. I'm watching TV. I'm like trying to go to sleep, right. and I'm thinking, what's it gonna feel like? What's it gonna be like? You know. Shit, are we gonna win? Like we need to win. Like what? What are we gonna do? At that point, all the hard work's done, right? It's done. Just... You just gotta go out there and play. And we had P. I never been a part of a practice that was any more perfect than the week we had out there in Indianapolis oh, wow. before that game. Wow. We didn't drop a ball. No one barely. No one spoke on the practice field. Damn near. It was like we're here about business. Like we in. are playing. This is it. Let's rock. You know what I mean? And and that type of play that it showed itself on the football field on, on that Sunday. So 60 minutes of football action. You guys win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You're running around crazy. You literally are running around crazy, right? It's a literally. Great, great video. Literally, great, I'm Great a child. footage of you, right? Child. What happens? You win the Super Bowl. What happens when you go into that locker room and the cameras are off? Or, or the minute you leave the locker room, are you hungry? Are you trying to go by? Are you trying to find your family? Like, what's, what's that like the minute like it's over? I'm physically exhausted, okay. right? So the adrenaline's go, worn well, off. Well, you go at through that the point. process, the confetti, the ceremony, 
the trophy joint, your family meets you, they find you somehow, and they meet you down on the field. <coughs> Excuse me. And then you go to the locker room, and you do your due diligence. There's cameras everywhere. You can barely get dressed. You're, like, moving people out the way. You're in the shower, trying to shower. So you do all of that, and then I finally digress. I finally come out. I meet my family. I'm walking out to the to the buses or wherever mm-hmm. we're going. And I just literally, I remember just, I stopped, and I leaned on my mother, and I just laid on her, and I was like, Ma, I'm exhausted, man, but we did it. <laughs> like, we did this thing. I don't even know how we did it. I don't know how I got here. I don't know how this journey of my life brought me to this point, but we made it, man. And this, and if, it, it, I'm, it was the most elating feeling that I got in that moment, and, you know, I couldn't, I can't compare it to anything else. So let me ask you, what advice do you give to, um, if you could give any advice to any, any one of these players, what's the guy from the Eagles, the wide eyes, Alshon? Alshon? Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, right, who's making Torrey his- Tory Smith. Right, but Alshon's making his Super Bowl debut. Debut, yes. Right? Tory's played in it before with Baltimore, I believe. What advice do you give, because right, you just said it, and we talked about even in other sports, it's like, you walk in and you're like, oh shit, this isn't normal. This mm-hmm. is really big. It's, Absolutely. it's a big moment. Um, what advice do you give to someone like Alshon who's making his Super Bowl debut? I would say, in, first and foremost, enjoy the moment. Because mm. it's not as he knows, he's played in the league a number of years. It isn't guaranteed for him to be back here again. So enjoy the moment, document everything, video, whatever you want to do to remember it and to enjoy it, do that. I encourage you to because you'll regret it later, trust me. Unless you end up going to eight like Tom Brady. But other than that, right, right. <laughs> you'll regret it for sure. And then secondly, just focus on football. Just play the game. It's still a game, right? It's still a game. And the best part, obviously, prior to the game, you got butterflies and you're looking around and it's intimidating and you see all the former greats running around and you're warming up. But the best part is once that ball's kicked off, it's football again. It's football. Like while you're running and you're running routes and you're catching the ball, there's no inclination of, oh, this is a Super Bowl. It's only during those like TV timeouts or like those little idle moments, like either in the huddle or on the field right before you're about to take off or snap the ball. You're like, this is the big show. Like this is for real, for real. And like this is different. For sure you feel that. So definitely just enjoy the moment, man, and play football. And you have to be able to live with leaving it all out there. You can't leave that game and be like, man, I wish I would have did X or I wish I would have did Y. Like, You want to make sure you leave it all out there, everything you got, and so you'll be satisfied with whatever the outcome is from an individual standpoint. Does, does all the Super Bowl talk bring back memories of Super Bowl Forty Six for you? Does this bring back memories of like, does, does it make, does, does, does your Super Bowl experience and, and championship um, feel so long ago, or does it feel like it's like, oh, shit, it feels like it was just yesterday. You remember everything. It definitely feels like it was yesterday. I'd always remember everything. I remember every part of it. I remember so much of that game, of that week, of that actual day, that morning, the night before. I remember Madonna doing the salsa because she was the halftime show. I remember going through the halftime show and it be taking forever. It's the longest halftime show. It's just like, yo, like, (laughs) let's get this over with. It's funny because halftime in the, you know, regular season playoffs is like, what, eight minutes, not even 10, 15 minutes? Mm To go from 10, 15 minutes to uh, to 37 minutes or whatever. Which, which probably feels like three hours for it you It feels guys. forever. Yeah. We're in there. They're like, all right, take your pads off. I'm like, take my pads off. <laughs> Is that long? Like, how, right. sh- how long is she going to be in there? Right, Should right, I shower right. up? Like, <laughs> so, you know, I remember everything, man. And it's, it's definitely one of those moments that you cherish. And I was just happy my entire family was there. My mother, my, my sisters, my older sister, younger sister, my brother, Kennedy was young. She was, I mean, Kennedy wasn't, she wasn't at the actual game, but she was like 
How old was Kenny? Two months old? Like, Kenny was just baby, born. Baby, baby, yeah. He was just born. And we brought her on the plane and everything. Oh, that's dope. We had to have her there. So, I mean, I remember all of that stuff, man. And it's something that never, never escapes you. That's dope. So, Super Bowl's upon us, right? Um, very big weekend coming up. Um, before we get out of here, we have a big week. We do. Have a big week. And it's Talk something we've it. kind of we've kind of spoken about a little bit, little clues here and there. And we couldn't speak about it. And we could speak about it. And plans change. But um, this week is a, is a big moment for, for man, you Man, I'm going to come out and say it, man. We have an Air Force One <laughs> collaboration that PR and I have done. We can finally speak on this thing. I mean, it's public news. We've all, you know, my complex, if anybody been to Complex Con, they saw my pair, PR's yes. pair. So we both got together, created a fly event. At the New York uh, City Nike space, the new New York City Nike yes. space. They have a basketball court. There will be a very competitive game against my people from Patterson, New Jersey area with his uh, his over 40 league with, <laughs> on the Lower East Side. <laughs> so I'm excited for those two teams to go oh, at each man, other. It's going to be a fun My team night. will absolutely come out on top. Um, shout out to Malik, my brother who's playing in the game. Your brother's playing on M- your team? Malik, do not fail me, you, sir. Your brother's playing uh, on your team? Let me, let me just get this out here, Malik. <laughs> Listen, I've clearly, you're my blood brother. I've known you my entire life. Uh, Do not fail me, sir. I will sub you. I will sub you out. I don't care if I know you. I don't care uh, if we share do-rags together when we were young. I don't care, fam. Hey, that's when you, that's when you go way back. When you share do-rags. When you share do that's for real. <laughs> that's where, and Leek, I'm embarrassed right now. Leek used to wear, remember when Memphis Bleak used to roll up the back of the of wave cap and then tuck it, had of the course. two dog tails out? He used to wear like, With the fitted on top of the wave cap. Too. Couldn't he tell Malik couldn't nothing. Couldn't tell him nothing. <laughs> With the two earrings and two blinging. Couldn't tell him anything, fam. I guarantee you he's going to hate me for that story, but it's absolutely true. And it was two-tone. It was black oh and white. You know, God. wave cap the was half, black half, and white. Yeah, uh, definitely black Couldn't tell him nothing. Couldn't tell him nothing. Be. Oh man! But that no, was we're we're very excited. Um, you know, I'm sure by the time the show comes out, you'll see um, some images of the shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually we're working on our list, which like as most, we speak, which is like the most difficult thing. Bro, I need to look at your list, B. Ever? I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm forgetting people. The list is like yeah, it's tough noogies. Yeah, out and it's here. not a lot of pairs. It's not. So yeah. you got to be very judicious, yes. very yes. judicious with the pairs. This is what it must feel like when you're like doing like invites to a wedding. So nerve wracking. Like I'm like, ah, oh, people get offended. People think I should get them. Mm-hmm. Like, and then imagine not only invitations, people for a wedding, the seating chart. Yes, like this is all the same. It's an invite that. and a seating chart not for doing pairs. This, man, this is this is insane. All I'm gonna say is I only have 25 pairs. Vic has 2,500. <laughs> so make sure you. <laughs> I told you, man. I just I presented at the Grammys. Yesterday. I don't know if. You hey, what you say before that. the before the mic got turned on? The price rate, went up. The rice. The rates have gone up, sir. <laughs> I'm now currently charging. Fifty thousand for a walkthrough. <laughs> you want me in your presence? Fifty grand, and that's for thirty minutes. Okay. Oh man, listen. Before you start charging me for being on your show, take us home, man. Oh man, yo, another episode of the Victor Cruz Show in the books. Obviously powered by Uninterrupted. Yes, like sir. I said in the beginning, if you got anything for us, hate, love, discrepancies, things you want us to talk about, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram at Team Vic at PR underscore R W T W. Yes, sir. That means roll with the winners yes, if you're sir. unaware. And just share us your thoughts. Give us whatever you want, man. And don't be afraid to subscribe. Rate the show. Show love. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. Rate us five stars, two stars. Six if they have it. it is, you man. Know, six the, stars. Half the time, PR is drunk on this show. <laughs> man, so Yo, I told you my guidance counselor listens to the show, man. My high school guidance counselor oh, yeah. listens to the show. Jackie Sutton. Jack- He's joking. I don't drink. Mrs. Sutton, he only drinks half the time. Okay? <laughs> One level with you. One level. He drinks half the time. We appreciate y'all, man. Thanks for tuning into the show. I'll let y'all next time. Peace. Peace.
Got to drop, man, and then drop, 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 drop,